Hello, everybody, and welcome to Naughty Buddy Sports. And on today's episode, I am joined by Eric, and we discuss the NFL Super Bowl winners and losers. We talk about Matthew Stafford, the Bengals, the Rams, the refs, the commercial, and the halftime show. That's coming up right here, right now on Naughty Buddy Sports. Anybody sports and on today's episode what we are going to do is we are going to do our super bowl recap and uh, we're going to talk about winners and losers of the super bowl as we discuss the game uh, and to help me do that today i have my younger brother with me again eric eric how's it going good can't complain yourself great i can't complain either stafford won a super bowl so i'm pretty that was the rams that won well, you know, without Stafford, if they had Goff out there, I promise you, they probably wouldn't have won. Uh, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, uh, what I thought uh, we before we get into our winners and losers, any any takeaways from the Super Bowl? Anything? Um, yep. You know, what did you feel about it? Whatever the case may be. Um, I, I thought it was a really good game. Um, it was very enjoyable to watch. Um, the Bengals are going to be perhaps if they can keep like this, they're going to be very scary in a couple uh, for years to come because they have a really good setup for even the off season. If I remember correctly, um, they need to get though an offensive line for Joe Burrow. That's, that's the big thing, but yeah, no, I, I, I as much kidding aside, I, I do like that Stafford won the Super Bowl and that, uh, the Rams won second home team to win. Well, second team and to win a Super Bowl in their own stadium, so uh, th- that's pretty cool. And I was actually really glad to see Aaron Donald uh, get a Super Bowl ring too, because that guy's good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I I was happy about that. I would say one thing that I kind of took away from it is something that Luke mentioned in our preview podcast is um, that this is not the two best teams in the league. So I I kind of felt that way. It was a good game. It was close but it wasn't like a great game. There was mistakes made, especially coaching mistakes throughout the game that had me like just jumping up and down figuratively, (laughs) not literally. Um, And uh, I just, I feel like uh, it was quite apparent that these two teams, as good as they were to get where they were, um, they have, they had help along the way, like a lot of Super Bowl teams do. So it's not like I'm knocking just these two teams, but these weren't the two best teams in my mind this year in, in the NFL. Yeah. Well, I want to say even uh, Tom Brady said to get to a Super Bowl, there is a certain amount of luck that's involved in every single time. And every and because you have to be, hope your team doesn't get any major injuries. And if they do that, a player that steps up all of a sudden starts having a really good year. Um, so yeah, there's, there's always other factors into it. And, um, I was just glad it was a competitive Super Bowl uh, and that it was fun to watch. And the other thing is that it wasn't like two teams that you, well, I'll, you never see the Bengals in the Super Bowl, but you don't always see the Rams either. So it's like, it was nice to see a two kind of newish teams in the Super Bowl. Correct. Yeah, that was kind of nice. Uh, the other thing I would say is, um, um, Oh, Odell going down, I think, prevented this game from getting out of hand a little bit. I was thinking about that last night. And, and just like when we did our initial reaction, I felt like even if Odell played the entire game, it would have been a good game. But with that in mind, when you think about how the Bengals scored touchdowns, um, which we'll probably talk about it, but it seemed to me at the two times the Rams scored the touchdown, which was two out of four drives, uh, it seemed to come easier to them versus the way the Bengals had to score touchdowns, which seemed a little bit more um, like uh, smoke and mirrors, if that makes sense. Yeah. So I feel like the Rams would have scored 30 points to me if Odell would have stayed healthy. I imagine if they had a full uh, healthier wide receiving core because uh, wasn't it Wood sets out right now too because he's injured. And so you had Odell and Jefferson and Jefferson's not terrible, but he's not supposed to be their number three receiver. Um, and then uh, all of a sudden he becomes a number two receiver. So it's that, that's, that, that was, I would have thought it would have been more of a blowout too, because, but uh, yeah, I would agree with that hundred percent that the Bengals kind of scored on trick plays or um, 
questionably called plays. Yeah, yeah, we'll get into that. Okay, you ready to get into some winners and losers? Absolutely. Okay, let's let's start with the winners. Uh, winners. The winners here. Uh, who's your first winner, uh, Eric? Uh, mine would be Aaron Donald. Yeah. Um, I don't think there's much more of a deserving uh, and of Aaron Donald would be because he's been the one of the best defense, if not the best defensive player in the league since like year two that he's been playing. He's been so dominant. And all he had to all but I mean, he was already going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. All he needed to his resume to be like, yeah, he might be one, the best defensive player of all time is a Super Bowl ring. And it was so nice to see him making the play at the end of the game. I, I was really excited for that guy because um, it wasn't just that he had a couple sacks and stuff like that. He made the play at the end of the game. Yes, it helped that the Bengals offensive line forgot who he was for a second, apparently decided not to block him. Um, yeah. But he made the play that sealed the game. It was really fun to watch. Um I really enjoyed seeing that to happen for him. And then he was put point his celebration pointing at his ring finger. Just as like, you gotta be happy for that guy. I, I was really happy. They want they, that. He got a ring for his finger. Yeah. I think the way the Rams adjusted their game plan to get Donald, those one-on-one matchups was really uh, uh, smart on the coaching staff part. So they overload Donald's side so that he couldn't, he, you know, they would have a hard time double teaming them. And then sometimes it would be bring a fifth man into pass rush. So it would be one-on-one all across the board. And I felt like once they started doing that, they, I think they had one sack in the first half and they ended the game with seven sacks. Yeah. So, so, so in the second half, they just dominated that defensive line. And like you mentioned, Aaron Donald was a big part of that. I, will, I was sad to see that there wasn't much adjustment by the, uh, uh, for the offensive line for the uh, Bengals to help out. I mean, I, I'm not saying that it's a simple game plan. They have Floyd. I, yeah, I want to say Floyd's on the defensive line for the um, Rams too. And then they had mm-hmm. Von Miller. So it's not like they have a bunch of slouches there and Aaron Donald, but you know, Aaron Donald's the problem child. He's going to be the one that causes the most issue. You should almost always have two people on them unless the pass is designed to be out in two seconds. I mean, that's that should always be the case. So I don't, especially on the last play of the game, why wouldn't you just like tell your running back or someone, you know what? I don't care what you do. This guy can't get to the quarterback. So I, I don't understand why they didn't do that, but still. Yeah, no, you're, you're right. I think they were just trying to get as many pass catchers out there to give Burrow a quick outlet because it was fourth and one, but you're right. They should have kept someone in there. They couldn't chip though. Um, I know yeah. like Von Miller, like he started rushing in towards the center more like to, to break the middle of the defensive line. I mean, the offensive lineup again, to help Aaron Donald get through and himself get through. So even if you were planning on chipping the outside rushers, they were, go- they, you know, Von Miller was coming inside to the line in towards the center, which was really smart adjustment on the defensive part. But you're right to, to put a running back in there to, to, hopefully help Donald. I don't know how much of a difference that would have made because uh, it would have made some, but Aaron Donald uh, ran through that offensive line. Like uh, <laughs> that last play, just that offensive line had men had no chance. And I can't imagine a 200 pound running back doing much to stop Aaron Donald, uh, maybe hinder him to give Burrow a little bit more time, but they should have tried something. Well, even a block, block and release, but I would like to see even like, I mean, I'm not saying you should have done it the last play, I guess, in the game, but even like a screen pass or something yeah, true. like, because like you knew that's what they were going to do is they're going to overload a side to all get to the quarterback. Why wouldn't you've tried smoke route, something really quick to get the ball out of his hands. Or if you put a running back, even just like, okay, I'm going to just get in your way for half a second. And then like, what a float out or whatever the exact phrase they use, but like, you know, blocked and go out for a little, it was only one yard they needed to get. It wasn't a big long run that they needed to get. I just don't know why they didn't do something to help prevent that pass rush. Even to be all second half, not just the final play of the game. So, yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's, well, why is it? Well, get into that a little bit. Like one winner loser I have are the coaches. Okay. So, you know, like they could be a winner or a loser, depending on your feelings on them. But I did think like the coaches were very underwhelming in this game. I think they're winners in the sense they got to the Super Bowl, 
they they played a close game. McVay won, so he gets his validation. But I didn't think the coaching decisions were great. And I'm with you. Like when when that offensive line is struggling the way it was, quick screen, bubble screen passes or screens to the running back or tight end to slow the pass rush down. Usually that's something I feel like smart coaches do. And you didn't see that from the Bengals. And even with Sean McVay, um, it took him until when they did that reverse to cup on fourth and one to finally call something to get cup the ball, you know, after Odell got hurt, it took him forever to get cup back into the game. And I didn't understand why aren't you trying to do something besides run the ball in the middle of the line all game long. Like that's what the Rams strategy was. So winner slash loser to me are the coaches because although they, they both got to the Super Bowl, they both had a great game and they're going to be, you know, have some validation for that. I felt like their coaching was kind of showcased in a, a negative light. Some of the game, if not most of the game. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. Okay, let's go. Uh, my first winner, I'm going to say the Rams um, GM. Uh, the the fact that they spent all these picks, these first round picks to bring in Jalen Ramsey, to bring in um, Matthew Stafford, to bring in, they didn't spend picks, but to take a chance on Von Miller, they did give up a pick for him and then take a chance on Odell Beckham. It all paid off. So in the end, regardless where you are three years from now, you won a Super Bowl, which is every team's goal. So it, in the end, it really doesn't matter now. You did what, you know, all the fans want these these teams that are so good to make that one last move, that trade, to give up their first round, their second round pick, to get the wide receiver that you know can run routes or the, the defensive back that you know is one of the best in the league. Uh, the Rams did it and they won. So to me, uh, they're a winner. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, uh, I'm not against the idea if you're a team like the Rams were, where they were just a couple of playmakers away from being a super winning the Super Bowl, not just being a contender. Cause even with golf, they were a borderline contender. Um, everyone though thought the offense was limited with golf because they, you know, not thinking golf's that great of a quarterback, and I don't think he is either. Um, but when they brought they made the trade for I think they traded two first round picks for Stafford, if it was mm-hmm. if, or something like that. Okay, so you traded two first round for Staff, Stafford, you traded a first for Jalen Ramsey. Um, Stafford played pretty well, I would think, most of the game. Jalen Ramsey, I don't think he had the world's best game. Um, I don't think he had the worst game either, but he, he did get beat a couple times. So like, but still, you know, you got a Super Bowl ring, even with spending your draft picks. So, you know, even if some, uh, even if things happen right now, you could say, Hey, you know what? I went for a Super Bowl and the last, you know, I got a Super Bowl with the team. I might have to suffer a couple years after these players are gone, but you know what? I can do this again. I, I built a Super Bowl winning team and then nobody can take that away from them. Yeah. Him. And they still got their other picks. Like, I think, I think largely the back end of the first round picks anyway are vastly overrated. In my opinion, I just feel like 50% of uh, first round picks end in bust. And as you go down into the draft, statistically, it gets worse. So like when, when we, when actually I was talking to dad about the Matthew Stafford trade, the biggest thing I didn't like about the trade was you traded Stafford to the Rams and you're probably going to get picked somewhere between pick number 26 and 32. Right. So now they get pick number 32 next year. Right. So what are they going to get next year? You know, they might get somewhere in between 26 and 32 again. And, and, what's that depends what happens yeah yeah obviously it all all depends on what happens but um in in my just like where if they would have traded with the 49ers or the denver broncos they got a top 10 to 12 pick this year and you'd rather have a top 10 to 12 pick than 32 next year and possibly you know i'm saying 15 but it worked out for the Rams. It absolutely worked out for the Rams and I'm with you hundred percent. And they still have other picks besides their first round pick where they still, if they draft good, they'll be able to rebuild. Yeah. Uh, okay. Your next winner. 
uh, my next winner would be uh, Matthew Stafford, not to take one away from you. I'm yeah, that sure. would have been mine too. I just yeah, wanted to uh, give the organization first, but go yeah, ahead. Yeah, um, guys, man, uh, show that you put a team around him, he can win a Super Bowl, yep. he can win the big games. Um, uh, you could say he didn't have the toughest opponent because people, many people may think the Chiefs were t- supposed to be the toughest opponent or the Bills were supposed to be the toughest opponents, but that doesn't matter. It they that's not who they're reversing they're right. reversing the the Bengals. they beat the Bengals, and you got a guy who was 13th season right in the mm-hmm. nfl and yep. he got his first super bowl his first major playoff run um and he showed anyone who really doubted him being a uh, you know top at least top seven quarterback in the league that he still is very he is top seven quarterback in the league at the very minimum so yeah. Um, that's, that would be another one of my winners right there. Yeah, no, I agree a hundred percent. I don't, uh, top seven. I, I think I would agree with that, but I'd have to make a list. I don't want to just, you know, I would definitely say top 10 for sure. Um, for me personally, he's like the, my, my favorite quarterback right now, I think other than maybe Patrick Mahomes that I watch, um, he deserved a ring you know, anybody who's watched the lions and we've, we've watched the lions more so than what maybe we should have just because our dad's a big lions fan and he loves the lions. And we've, we always love Safford and we saw it, we saw it week in, week out. Like this guy, he plays really good. He just needs help around him. And the lions would build these receiving cores that were pretty solid, like Calvin Johnson with Nate Burleson. That's a good receiving core. Like, but the defenses were never really that great. The run game was really suspect and they never had a good head coach. They get Matt Patricia for four years. And so it's like that team fell apart at that point. Um, I like Jim Cobwell, but I don't think he's a fabulous close. And, you know, Jim Schwartz, the same thing. So they never really got somebody with an offensive mind to work around Stafford and a good defense. So finally he gets that they win. And really he didn't make it like he didn't have the greatest game. Let's, let's be honest. You know, he, I felt like we got all versions of Matthew Stafford in this game personally. I don't know how you felt, but that's the way I felt. I, I would have, I, I mean, I agree. I mean, that the first interception was a really bad throw on his part, uh, sending the receiver deep, and then he just took a shot, and it was a poor decision, I thought. But overall, I thought he had a pretty above average to good game because considering what happened during the game, losing your number two receiver, and then um, – you know, you got to play a little different style offense because the Bengals were preventing the big plays and that's how they were getting anywhere. So, I mean, then you had all the coverage. So I thought he played a pretty good game, especially when it counted the most. That second interception was not on him. Um, so I thought he had actually a pretty decent game. I, 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 I thought he did pretty well. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying it wasn't his best game. Like, it wasn't a great game. I thought it was it was it was good. But the, the thing that I that I like look at when it came to Stafford, so that throw to Van Jefferson, let's start there. OK, to me, that was more Van Jefferson's fault than Matthew Stafford's. And the reason why is and I said this on my, the instant reaction we did on, on the YouTube video. Um, that's a play where Matthew Stafford like has a Marvin Jones or a Cal- Kenny Galladay or a, a, a Calvin Johnson or an Odell Beckham. And he's like, I'm just going to throw it up and let my receiver high point it. And what Van Jefferson did is he kept running towards the back of the end zone instead of trying to high point the ball. And Matthew Stafford's the type of quarterback that he will give his wide receivers a chance to make a play. And that was a play that I felt like it was third and 14. And he's like, this is going to basically be a touchdown or a punt in, 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 in essence. So I actually did not blame him for that one. The other one, you're right. Not necessarily at fault. It was picked, but it was his fault that the ball was kind of like low and towards the ground. Um, I think his timing was off with his fifth wide receiver, which he gets no playing time with. So I could see where I don't a hundred percent blame him for that. He had a couple overthrows, but overall a good game, but I felt like we got the cool, like he make every hard pass Stafford. We got that throughout the game. Right. Um, that won the Cooper cup when he's, he isn't even in the window yet. And he, he still has to pass another defender and he throws it before he passes that second defender and it's right on the money to cup. That was a great throw. Um, and then we got the, the, Hey, I'm going to give you a chance Stafford. And then we got the, I'm going to go cold for five drive Stafford. And then we got the game winner Stafford where he, he went and he helped uh, make 
the game winner. So I'm with you. He's a winner. He he got his ring. Now, hopefully, um, you know, the Lions can figure it out without him. <laughs> okay. Um, let's see here. So that was your winner. Let me go to my uh, winner. So this is sort of a winner loser to me, uh, which I'm going to Odell Beckham. He got a Super Bowl ring and in the first half and not even the first half, the first four drives, he played fantastic. He had two catches for 52 yards and a touchdown. I feel like Stafford has to take a teeny bit of the blame for his injury just because it was thrown a little behind him. I don't know if you saw that play or remember it. Yeah, but it was thrown I, behind I, him. So he had to like stop real quick. And it seemed like that's what kind of made his, but usually if those things are going to go, they're going to go anyway. So I'm not going to like blame Stafford for that. But I just felt like if it was a better thrown ball, he might have last longer anyway. Um, but it's sort of bittersweet because it, it sounds like it's an ACL, right? Or an Achilles, one or the other. I think I think it was an ACL. Yeah. So it's bittersweet where he won a Super Bowl. He showed everybody that he can still be a guy like that, that gets open and makes plays. Um, but now he has to recover from ACL and probably will not be ready at the start of the season. Yeah, and I mean that he, he still he might get um, the, the issue. I, I feel bad for Odell is that like um, he's probably going to get another prove it deal is what he's going to get from somebody is um, they're going to give him like a one year ten million dollar contract or something like that it's because if he's coming off an injury they're going to want to make sure that he still can play well. Um, he did play. He did show up in the Super Bowl. Uh, he probably he actually really showed up to hold. T- time he's been with a Ram- the Rams, I thought. I thought he'd been playing really well with the Rams. Um, so it just thinks that that's how it ended was a ACL or maybe Achilles. I'm not 100% certain either. Um, but it, it just stung for him that that's what happens. That's going to, because I think he would have got a pretty decent sized contract if that injury didn't happen. But mm-hmm. that's where he becomes a loser in that aspect to me a little bit is like, now teams are going to hold that he's injured and won't be available for possibly the first half of the season, depending on the severity of the injury. So yeah, it might, it might be like, he might just end up going back to the Rams for one more year. Right? I thought him, I would. Yeah, I would too. Uh, another winner for you. Do you got another one? Um, Bengals just in general, I know they lost the game. I understand that, but you, beat some really tough teams on the way to get to, I mean, you, you beat the um, chiefs. I mean, the Titans, I don't think are a super tough team, but they, they were the number one seed in the AFC. I mean, and they have fixable problems mm-hmm. like that. Yes. Their coaching staff needs to get a little better, but he's also only 38 years old. And I think this is his first head coaching gig. So like he, he should get better in theory. Right. Um, Burrow should get better. There was a couple of plays he made that were really good plays. And then there was a couple of times I'm just like, like there was a, um, I think on that final drive, actually, there, it was like second and one. And he threw that pass that had no shot to anybody. That was a deep shot. Yeah. Jalen yeah. Ramsey was playing like 15 yards off the receiver. All you need to do is check into a smoke screen and smoke route and ha- chuck it to him and he'll get that one yard. And at that point, it's all about moving the chains. Right. Um. So, but there's stuff he'll learn. He's very young. He's a second year play, you know, quarterback. I, I, I have a lot of faith that he's going to be a really darn good quarterback for many, many years. Jamar Chase looked amazing. Um, I mean, he, he got that one play on Jalen Ramsey and I don't know if Jalen really lost that road too badly. I mean, he did obviously, but that was also a great catch by Jamar Chase at like uh 50 yard or whatever it was. Yeah. Uh, like he, he got beat, but it wasn't like a full blown beat and, Jamar right. Chase just made a really good play on the ball. And then you still got, I believe they have a pretty good cap situation. Uh, and the big thing that team needs to fix is their offensive line and then probably their cornerback core because uh, they could use some help back there. But like, if you get that offensive line in shape, all of a sudden, you know, you got uh, like get one or two decent starters, especially on the right side there to help out more. So you don't have where Joe Burrow has to get rid of the ball in two seconds or less then all of a sudden you're looking at a very tough Bengals team, which is feels really weird saying uh, for possible years to come. So I do think the Bengal organization is a winner. I know they lost the Super Bowl, but they are definitely a winner when it comes to um, um, 
uh, overall about their future looks great. Yeah, they, they have a really good foundation. Um, now, the only caution to that, because I think you laid it out really well, they can build their offensive line, right, and spend the whole offseason fixing it in the corner corner position. I think their defensive line looks good. Their receiving core, excellent. I love. I like Joe Mixon. He averaged 4.8 yards a carry. He was not the problem. The fact he did not get that third and one run at the end of the game, and it was Samaj Pirine, and just blows my mind. That that was a ba- another bad coaching mistake. But um, the only cautionary tale is back in I think '85, Dan Marino, his second year, brought the Dolphins to the Super Bowl, and they looked like they had a really good foundation. And they never went back. Uh, the The thing that you could see being a huge hurdle for the Bengals is you have Buffalo and you have Kansas City in your conference. And Justin Herbert looks really good, like a really good quarterback. So they could end up being really good next year, depending on what they do. Um, the FC looks real fun. And that would be my only caution to that is like, yeah, they got a good foundation. They, they, they're going to be good for years. But are they going to be back to the Super Bowl that that? that's hard to do. And so we'll, we'll see what happens, but I'm with you. I think they're a winner just by how, how they got to the super bowl yeah. and their well, foundation moving forward. If you're a Bengal fan, can you really complain about the fact that one year, one year ago or two years ago, whatever you want to say, you're drafting number one overall. And then two years later, you're uh, super, you're in the super bowl and your team might be considered a super bowl contender for the no. next like seven years. I mean, that's, I mean, as an organization, you want to be you. Yes, you want the Super Bowl, but you want to be considered in the mix for a contender every single year, and then hopefully things go your way. Correct. Um, so it's like as an and the, like they also have like such a good off season set up. I think too. It's like I don't remember the draft situation, but I know they have a good cap situation, and it's just like they could become a very good team if they can. I, my big thing would be fix that offense line. I know the cornerback core needs to be fixing, but you need to fix that offensive For line. Sure. Yeah. That's the big thing. So yeah. that's just my, my opinion, fix that offensive line. And you could, ha- it'll help a lot because I thought Joe Burrow was very injured when he, that one play in the game where his knee got bent four directions. It looked like, I'm like, Oh gosh, yeah. like, this is why you fix your offensive line guys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For a moment I was right about my, uh, when I did, uh, the podcast, um, recapping the draft, I said that they should have drafted Sewell over Chase. And for a moment, that moment, I was right. But mo- for the majority of the year and it, all other moments, I was wrong. Chase was the guy. But that moment, I was right. Uh, to to back your claim, of, in your opinion, it's not in your opinion. It's absolutely right. They need to fix the offensive line. 19 sacks this playoffs that they allowed, which is the most in any uh, postseason. The, the next highest is 12. I think it was when I, when I heard about it. So I was like, wow, that's crazy. So you go from 19 to, to um, 12 being the second lowest, which is seven more sacks. That's like four games too. If I remember correctly, if you get all the way to the Super Bowl, right. Yeah. So yeah. it's like you're talking about five sacks a game. I mean, that's, that, that's a good way to get your franchise quarterback to be a, in a stretcher. <laughs> no, it's true. It's true. <laughs> Um, and ACL, ACL is the, the belief, by the way. Okay. Uh, my, my, uh, winner, one more winner that I have Cooper cup, let's face it. He, to me is the best wide receiver right now in the NFL. I don't know who I would put ahead of him just because of what he did this year. Uh, and the fact he caught technically three touchdowns and one was taken away from him. And that one that was taken away from him, he held it onto the ball. Uh, when he probably should have been checked out for a concussion that never happened, by the way, um, was amazing. And I think that um, we got to give him credit where credit's due. And I just, I just, maybe not the best. I'm definitely going to say top three. He's a top three wide receiver. No doubt about it. He played like the best receiver this year. And that's where I'm going to stand. He was the Super Bowl MVP, well-deserved, and he's a winner uh, for the Super Bowl. What I love about Cooper Cup is that not only is he a good receiver or a great receiver, if you want, uh, um, he also is willing to give up his body for blocking. He's also really good at blocking. So, like, there might be better pure receivers than him. Like, maybe you may say Devontae Adams is a better pure receiver when it's talking about catching the ball and the route running or something like that. But I wouldn't give blocking over him, and uh, and that's just such a rare feat for 
especially a star wide receiver to be willing to give up his body. I would easily say top five receiver in the league. I mean, uh, there might be one or two receiver that I would take just because they're talented and a little bit bigger and whatnot. But like overall, yes, I, I would easily say he's a top five receiver. So. Yeah, I would say I would say if 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 you and obviously this is way over generalizing it because you got scheme and all that other stuff that goes along with it and the defenses you're playing. But when you think about Devontae Adams in that playoff game against San Francisco, where he got mainly all his yards in the first half, and then he was kind of taken out of the game versus what cup did where he showed up when it mattered the most. It's almost like, like he found a way to get open where, and and it's partly system too. Like, I'm not going to sit there and be like, Oh, it's all, but you know, considering that they run a very similar system because Sean McVay and, and Matt LaFleur are, are from the same coaching tree. Uh, it doesn't, I, I would, I would almost right now put cup ahead of Adams personally, but um, it's close. It's close. Um, okay. Uh, any other winner for you? I mean, just uh, not really much else besides Whitworth. Um, the oh, left yes. tackle for the Rams. 40 years old gets a Super Bowl ring. I don't know if he announced his retirement or not yet. I really kind of hope he does retire before he dies. Yes. <laughs> uh, I know he's a big dude and he can handle himself, but like, I'm just glad to see that. There's not many offensive linemen I know by name on other teams than my own, than Tampa Bay, because they're my favorite team. Right. Um, um, but he's one of the ones I've have known for years because he's always been a very good left tackle. I was glad to see him get a ring. He's He's been in the league long enough. He deserved a ring. Um, he didn't play bad either. So like, I was glad to see he got one. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. That's a good shout out. I'll also say Rams fans, all 12 of you. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. There's much more than 12, but uh, they're winners as well. Uh, And depending on like what happens in the off season where we're hearing like Aaron Donald might retire, Sean McVay might step away from the game for a little bit. I don't know if you heard that. But he, he mentioned he might step away from the game a little bit with Odell. Like, yeah, you can resign him, but he probably won't be back until October, November, December, because it, it, his his torn ACL uh, L happened later in the you know playoffs at the Super Bowl. So it's going to take a little bit more longer to recover and all, all that stuff going on. It's like, well, Rams fans enjoy it because it might be a little crazy next year if you are missing Donald Whitworth and Sean McVay plus whoever else. See, if Aaron Donald retires, that's going to let me go. Von, I, I expect Von Miller probably not to be playing much longer. If I wouldn't be surprised that's if Von too. Miller retired. I, I, I would be, I would be slash wouldn't be surprised about um, Aaron Donald because he's still super talented and still super, he's pretty young. He's only 30 years old or something right. like that, but he might pull Luke Keekley or Patrick Willis and retire while he still has his head intact and can't Calvin blame Johnson. the guy for that. Calvin Johnson, Barry Sanders, you know, retire when, well, now them two are other reasons too, but like retire on top, what else does he have to prove? I I did hear a little bit about the Sean McVay thing. And that really surprised me because as a head coach, I mean, if if there's any reports that's somewhat true, because he said, what I heard is he wants to balance work life and family life better and as a head coach you you can't do that right you have to be dedicated to not not saying you can't a little bit have family family but you're pretty much dedicated to your job as a head coach so that would be i would feel so bad for rams fans if, if sean mcveigh stepped out uh uh donald steps down you know retires then it's like what what would you do like if i if i was stafford i wouldn't resign you know like i know they're talking about an extension with stafford but if if you think Sean McVay is gone, Aaron Donald goes, uh, OJ, uh, I mean, o- uh, Odell Beckham is not going to be back till probably mid to end of the year. Um, Robert Woods will probably be available at the beginning of the year. But if you have to learn a whole new system and uh, the whole team does, you know, he might as well. Uh, would you want to come back to that? I mean, go back to that team and assign an extension. I know they got him next year, but like that would be really bad for uh, Rams. That, that's the part where the Rams organization might be a loser in the situation. If all these people do actually retire or step away from the game. Yeah, I guess it would be, it depends on, okay. If Woods comes back healthy, right. Your offense is still going to be really good. I mean, you got to get a, it depends who they hire as coach too, right? Your offense should be pretty good though. If you still have Stafford cup Higby 
and and Woods. And then when Odell comes back, if they keep Odell, then you have Odell. So you still have like a really high flying offense. Um, the defense would suffer because you, if you lose Miller and Donald, you're losing like essentially your, your you know, Floyd's a good pass rusher, but he much like uh, you'll like this reference, much like Simeon Rice was helped for Warren Sapp uh, by Warren Sapp. Uh, I feel like the edge rushers that play with Aaron Donald are help because Sapp and Donald, you know, would pressure up the middle, pushing the quarterback back into that speed rusher. Right. So I think you're right about that. So it really just depends. And the other thing would be like, if you're the Rams and you're like, Hey, we got our super Bowl, Why don't we just sell all these players high? Could they then potentially just like, Hey, Stafford, would you like to go somewhere else and try to win a title? Like we'll, you know, or whatever, because he, he mainly came to St. St. Louis. He really came to LA. He was convinced by Sean McVay. If McVay is not going to be there anymore, you could see maybe him being shipped somewhere else. Or, you know what I'm saying? Like it could happen where they start trying to recoup some of these first round picks. Jalen's Ramsey the same way. So who knows? Who knows? Like, but yeah, yeah, you're right. That's a good point. It'll be interesting to see what happens right after all of this. And that's just crazy, though, that you want to. I mean, I get it. That's when you want to be out on top. No, not very often can you get that option. But wow, that's just that's still this would be crazy for the Rams. You go from, OK, we could contend for another Super Bowl next year to hearing, oh, my head coach is going to step away. Oh, my star defense lineman's going to step away. Oh, those that's not a good combination to not have back. So then because you got to hope you get the right head coach. Yeah. Um, I mean, they can even look internally. I like Raheem Morris quite a bit, but like, still, it's just like you also got no time to recover from it because by this time, a lot of the good head coaches have been hired. Like, yeah. there isn't yeah. much good head coaching left. That's uh, all the positions have been filled. So it's just like, oh, I feel so bad for like if that happens. But you know what? Like you said, enjoy the moment. It goes away all too fast. Correct. Um, yeah. And you know, you're 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 the best team in the league until the first game next year yeah, and then right. and you'll be a championship you'll be a champion all up until next year super bowl and no one can take that away from you so Correct. you gotta enjoy it yeah there's brian flores by the way they could hire brian flores who's yeah i don't think there. he's getting a job yeah i don't think so either <laughs> he's got nuclear so i'm with you there yeah. um okay uh any more winners um no, not really. I mean, you could go Jamar Chase winning offensive rookie of the year. Yeah, that's not the Super Bowl, but yeah, I get But yeah, um, oh, I mean, he had a decent Super Bowl too. But yeah, no, I, I don't got any other major winners. Okay. Uh, real quick, halftime show was pretty solid, right? Um, so winner for everybody who watched the halftime show. You know, I'm not like me and me and Megan, we're not like really big into rap, but we thought it was it, it was better than most for sure. <laughs> like, so I thought that was a win uh, for everybody watching only one that I can think of better in recent memory was when Prince was singing purple rain. That one was a really good one when Prince was there, but th this one was one of the better ones I would have to say. Yeah. I like, I think I personally like the um, maroon, no, not the maroon five um, Bruno Mars. When he was there, I kind of like that uh, one with uh, Beyonce showed up and then I did like, there was one more that, Oh, the Katy Perry one wasn't that bad either. Like I kind of liked that one when they, she came out in the tiger, um, the big lion, but, but yeah, I, I still think that's better than the Katy Perry, but anyway, okay, let's get into some losers. Um, do you have a loser? Um, I would go with, um, uh, you know what you start, I have to think. Okay. Yeah. yeah no problem. Yeah. I'll start. So I'm going to go with the perception of Jalen Ramsey. Um, his, his oh. rep took a little bit of a hit. Um, now, if you think about, you, you know, you even mentioned it like he got beat a couple of times. But if you look at the two times that he really got beat uh, three times, actually. So one, Jamar Chase made a great catch on that ball. That was a perfectly placed ball. I don't think Ramsey could have played that ball any better. Like as a corner, you only can do so much. You can't you're not going to always be hip to hip. But it kind of reminded me of that Mike Evans touchdown that uh, Brady threw on him. It wasn't like he it was bad coverage. It was just the perfect pass. And you know, Mike Evans had enough of a, a gap between them that he was able to catch and run for a touchdown. Um, the other touchdown, the 75 yard touchdown that happened right at the beginning of the half, he, he got yanked down by his face mask. And I like, I don't know if I would, 
hold that against them. But people are like, oh, you know, he got beat a couple of times. Although those were the two times he got beat, beat big. And then the last time, I think he was going for an interception and he should have just went for the tackle. And Jamar Chase caught it and then ran up to the 50 yard line uh, inside the two minute warning. Um, I mean, you know, when when they were trying to catch up. So Jalen Ramsey's perception got a little bit of a loser to me just because people perceive that he had a real bad game. But if you actually take them one by one, it wasn't as bad as a game as what people kind of claim he had. Oh, and I know you were just talking about Super Bowl in this aspect, but I mean, even uh, honestly, in the postseason, Jalen Ramsey didn't have the greatest postseason uh, in general. I mean, uh, I, I I thought he just flat out got beat by Mike Evans on that play, and that was a key key moment where you can't uh, uh, fail, and he kind of did. And even the, with the Jamar Chase situation and the two minute warning, it's like that's when you need your stars to step up. You can't. Yes, I get it that like that. I I completely dislike that uh 75 yard counting but against him that shouldn't but that uh, when jamar chase in the two minute drill he just got beat he just flat out got beat for i mean yeah he went for the pick but you know that's part of getting beat is making being a gambler but you you got to make the play you have to make the play and if otherwise the reality is you just got beat so i think his perception like you said it did take a big big hit because he was known as this shutdown lockdown corner that you don't want to throw near and it did not look like the Bengals really cared who he was covering. So <laughs> uh, that's true. Um, I, I would say I feel like so it, it sort of reminds me a little bit of like offensive linemen, right? Like you can lock somebody down, but if it just takes one or two. And then it's all like, you know, uh, if Whitworth, right, let's say he he um, he uh, Hendrickson, right? He was you guard him all game and allowed one sack but the rest of the game just shut up, shut them out. It's like, everybody just remembers that one sack. And I feel like that's the same way with cover corners. And, and like, so, so the, the, the picture I got up here of the Evans Ramsey touchdown um, play, he only, he only has like a yard of separation. It's not that much, right? I, it was a great yeah. route by Mike Evans. I'm not saying Mike Evans didn't beat him. What I'm saying is, for a cover corner to be able to stick with Mike Evans all game, you know, the majority game, not all game, but the majority game. And, you know, the one play people point to, it's like he got a yard of separation and was able to score a touchdown on one play. You know, it's like, well, you know what I'm saying? Like, is it, is it really that he's that, you know, that, that he lost his touch or is it just the fact that like, Hey, this one play Mike Evans beat him by a yard. Right. Yeah. You know, get, you understand what I'm saying? And yeah, no, same, I get that. Yeah, go ahead. No, I was going to say just the criticalness of the situation because I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure just like a couple plays before that because Mike Evans was starting to go heat up against the Rams that he said he was going to take him, if I remember mm-hmm. correctly. They they intentionally put Ramsey on to stop Evans from making a big play, and then lo and behold, he makes a big play. I mean, I, you, I agree 100% with you on the whole, hey, this is uh, if um, uh, they could – do great all game and have one bad play and they'll say they got beat all game. But when you can point to all a couple plays and I'm not even counting about the 75 yard uh, touchdown play, but you can point to a couple plays where he just was in the wrong position or made the wrong decision. Um, then you got to say you got beat. I mean, it just, he didn't have, I, I don't remember all the plays by any means. He had that one good breakup. I want to say on um, Higgins, that I thought was more of a bad throw than a great breakup. Yeah, it was thrown behind him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, but I didn't think Ramsey was like on like, you know, Ramsey Island type situation, which that's what <laughs> well, his that's, reputation was. Yeah, that's, so. that's that's a high bar. No, no, but it's sort of like um so again, I think it's just our perception of what a lockdown corner is now versus back in the day. Right. It's the same with like a lockdown defender in the NBA. Right. Used to be like lockdown defenders were really good and they'll lock you down. But now with the rules that favor the offense, a lockdown defender is just somebody who's going to make you work and make things difficult for you. Right. And I feel like that's what a lockdown corner is nowadays. It isn't somebody who's going to take away uh, everything it's surprise. Uh, and it's not somebody who's going to take away all the passes or all the throws, but what it is, is it's, it's somebody who is able to make the throws difficult, maybe bait you into some bad throws, 
And even if you do get beat, you have to make a good throw to beat him, if that makes sense. So, but I'm with you. But his perception definitely took a hit. I'm with you on that one. I'm not going to sit there and argue. I just think it's a little overblown considering when you consider what happened to him. And let's face it, Mike Evans, if on his best day, he can be the best wide receiver in the NFL, right? So like getting beat by him is when in an offensive driven league, or by Jamar Chase, who's one of the best rookie wide receivers we've seen in a long time, you know, who's amazing, um, or by getting beat by by some of these matchups, it's not something that you should have to slouch your head over, is my point. It's like, it doesn't mean he's no longer a lockdown quarter. Even Darrell Rivas got beat by Randy Moss, but nobody would knock him for getting beat by Randy Moss, right? So, I, anyway. I agree. I would agree with that. Okay. Uh, a loser, did you think of a loser? Yeah, the NFL refs. Yes, um, <laughs> that's a good one. Uh, um, overall, I, I thought I was liking for a while they were letting them play. I was glad there wasn't a lot going, you know, a lot of calls happening, but I've seen a lot of false starts that I'm like, that should be a false start. I mean, when you can see the left and right tackle jump before the quarterback's even backing up, that's a false start. Um, obviously, the, the offensive pass interference by Ramsey you know, not, not by Ramsey on Ramsey by uh, Higgins. I think it was, mm-hmm. um, you can clearly see Ramsey's head turn. Like that is the obvious sign of a face mask, like, uh, you know, like a, a face mask, let alone an OPI. So that should have been called immediately. Yep. And then even though I was kind of glad for it because they really needed a makeup call and I don't believe in makeup, makeup calls, but in this case situations, I did not think not the second holding penalty that or that was called defensive pass interference in the final drive, but the one that was on um, third or fourth down there where they called holding on the Bengals. Uh, oh, that yes, gave yes, us third that. down. Yeah, yeah, third down. I did not think that was actually holding on uh, the Bengals. Um, the second one was uh, clearly a tackle in the end zone or whatever you want to call it. The second one was clear penalty, but yeah, I just thought. The refs, you know, like I'm glad they didn't do anything that was ultimately game deciding, but I just thought, you know, there was two bad calls that resulted in touchdowns for the other team. So I guess you can kind of wipe that out, but those two bad calls shouldn't have to happen in the first place. Um, And then I just thought there was just a lot of, um, I thought they did a really bad job of doing their job. I was glad I didn't see a bunch of flags. So I will say that much, but there's just sometimes you just like, Okay, I can tell on my screen that two linemen jumped five seconds a second before the offense, the rest of the offensive line. You should be able to tell on the field. So, right. I mean, it just, I thought they did a pretty bad job roughing the game. Yeah. So, here's the thing I, I, I am a, I'm, I'm really, um, really firm and stubborn in the way I believe in this. Okay. So, I'm just going to, the rules are there for a reason, right? So, let, like, let's say me and you are playing chess, right? I can't just grab there. There's rules that govern the game, right? I can't just grab my King and move him around like a queen. You would say, no, that's not how you use that piece. And if I'm just like, Hey, just let me play the game. Let, let, let me just play. You would be like, but you can't play outside the rules, right? Like you would be like, that's not the way to play. I feel the same way when people are like, Hey, let them play. It's like, so you're saying, let them cheat. If, if, if they're, if they're doing something outside the laws that govern the game, you're allowing them to cheat. So in a sense, you're rewarding them doing stuff they shouldn't be doing. Okay. So I I'm very much a believer in that. Um, when, when you say like, at least, you know, like the rest didn't do anything that could have cost someone the game, you know, through a flag, but what they could have done is by not calling something that should have been called they could have cost a team a game, right? Like if that touchdown, that 75 yard touchdown, it, it, one of my losers that we'll talk about is the Bengals offense in a second, but that offense could not move the ball. And that 75 yard touchdown was huge and gave them the lead for the entire game. Right. I mean the entire second half, basically. If that penalty's called, do they even score? Do they ever get a lead in the game? Probably not. Right. So my thing is like that could have cost the Rams the game by you not calling the call because you were letting them play. You know what I'm saying? So 
I agree with you though, as well. And this is why I think you picking the refs as a loser is, is appropriate is because the time that they should have not called anything that could have determined the game was the time they actually threw the flag when Cooper cup was clearly not held by the linebacker. And, and it was again, another not good pass by Stafford. It was thrown a little behind uh, where cup was going. Um, but then you're right. The one in the end zone was clearly a tackle. So I don't know. I I'm, I'm with you. I think the refs had a poor showing. I just, I just feel like I get why people don't want a lot of flags, but you can't let players cheat or play without outside the rules that you, you put there to govern the game. So it was a makeup call. I agree with you on that. Um, but they could have at least made it waited until it was more clearly pass interference before they threw a flag for a makeup call. If that makes sense as well. <laughs> Yeah, well, and my thing is, is like I'm not uh, like as much into like as you were saying about the rules and whatnot. I'm not saying that there shouldn't be rules and they shouldn't follow them. Of course they should, but if you let the defense get away with holding for the Rams a little bit, not like blatant holding, but a little bit of hand fighting that you shouldn't really let them get away with, well, you better let the Bengals get away with that same exact thing. That's my big thing always with refs is they have to let. If one team can get away with it, the other team should be getting away with it. Mm-hmm. Um, because I get some refs, just like in baseball, some umpires have a sh- tighter strike zone. I'm not even a huge baseball fan, but I, <laughs> I just know there's some umpires out there that have a tighter strike zone or a, a wider strike zone. It, it, that's another rule that just kind of like, you know, like where it's like, yeah, it's supposed to be the same, but there's some that have a different. It, it's because uh, of people being people, they have different judgments, but you just have to call it the same for both ends. I just say when... <laughs> we're at home and we can see it and I know replay helps a tremendous amount but here at home when you could see like hey why did Ramsey all of a sudden fall over or look like he got thrown over or where was the hold on this play or you know that guy jumped five seconds uh, a half a whole second before the rest of the linemen or there was I'm holding is whatever that happens a lot so I don't get mad about holding but like um it just says uh, you, you got to call the game consistent, and I hate makeup calls. I hate bad calls in big games, and the refs this year all together have been really bad um, for, I feel like, every team. I don't think there was a team that had good referees, and I think the NFL really needs to fix that this offseason. Yeah, I agree, and, and like even help the refs out a little bit because I, I don't entirely blame the officials as much as I blame the NFL because we have the technology now to be like, hey – we, we, we review every single scoring play. So, Hey, like, did you see Ramsey pull, get his face mask pulled on that play guys? You gotta re you gotta call that flag. You know, like it, you, it doesn't have to be every single play for every little call, but big calls, big plays. If they would just have somebody in New York watching the game and just buzz them down and be like over their intercom, Hey, this happened. You should probably call that flag. Like it would take two seconds. Well, and as a fan, I would like to know not just my opinion on this, but as a fan, would you have been upset if they would have called OPI? Like they would have reviewed that scoring play and decided that was OP, offensive pass interference because of what Higgins did instead of having to call it a touchdown. Because would you have been upset about that? I wouldn't have been. It, that's what it should have been called. I'm the not old, saying you need to review yeah, every no. play, but still. Yeah, that, no, you're that's right. a big one. Yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. Uh, I thought you were asking me for a second, but it was I more was. of a rhetorical question. <laughs> well, I was also asking. I just go on a little rant. There. <laughs> no, that's okay. No, I agree 100% with you, especially like even when I watch my teams, I don't want them to like win based off like cheap calls, right? Like I want no. them to win knowing like, hey, and the problem is, is like with M- NFL fans, it's all about like pointing at the other fan base, like, oh, the the Rams must've paid off the refs or the, you know, the Bengals must've paid off the refs. And it's like, dude, instead of attacking one another, go after the NFL. Why are we attacking one another's fan bases? Like go after the NFL, because that's the real problem because they like they instituted the instant replay and they were so bad at it for, for a pass interference, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And they were so bad at it that they got rid of it. And my, my theory, by the way, is they were on purposely bad so they could get rid of it. And it's like, no, we shouldn't accept that. We should be like, no, we want a better way of determining this so that we don't like big moments like that Higgins touchdown doesn't happen and cost a team a game when there was clearly if Higgins wouldn't have pulled Ramsey down, 
he doesn't score. At least he doesn't score a touchdown. He might still catch the ball. Who knows? Like he might high point the ball on Ramsey. Who knows? But he definitely doesn't score a touchdown. Right. So it's just like, let's get the game right. And then we don't have to be debating whether that call mattered or not. You know what I'm saying? Because then all the calls are right. And also maybe I'm wrong, but uh, I feel like most playoff games this year had at least one or two questionable calls where you're just like, why was the ref doing that? Yeah. Um, Maybe not every one of them, but I know majority of them did have one or two. Like you're just like, no, that shouldn't have been called like that. Or you can even hear the announcers who I'm pretty sure are told not to say anything negative, too negative about the refs on the thing. Be like, I want to say it was uh, Al Michael Michaels uh, who said like when that uh, offense of uh, I mean um, defense the holding was called at the end of the game. He's like, I'll let you take that, and he's like, that's what was called. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, it's like that should tell you what you need to know right there. When the announcers are like, that is what was called, and they didn't they they didn't say much more because they knew it was an incorrect call, but, and I get it. It's, it happens. They're humans, but why not have another pair someone in the skybox that's watching these plays that could be like, Hey, no, that wasn't this. Or, Hey, no, that wasn't that. And even they pick up flags all the time. Correct. Who would have been saddened if they would have said, Oh, we're picking up the flag. There was no foul, uh, foul for uh, defense to holding on that play. Correct. Who would have been saddened by that? We right. would have been like, okay, annoying you threw the flag in the first place, but at least you got the call correct. Yeah. When you're on Twitter and they're like, oh, good, we got a makeup call. Like they, like most people on Twitter are like, no, that that was a bad call. Like, you know that you got to fix something because the other call was bad. So everyone's like, oh, it's, it's a makeup call. And it's like, well, we don't want that in football. We just want all the calls to be right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> let me go to my, uh, my other loser. I, I mentioned it already. The Bengals offense in this game. Um, so for the most part, they were very stagnant. Um, it was mainly because of the offensive line being horrible, but we already talked about how Zach Taylor really didn't get Jamar chase as involved in the offense as He probably should have with like bubble screens or smoke, uh, smoke screens. Or um, we talked about how, third and one on the last drive they run p ryan over mixon when mixon's averaging 4.8 yards a carry that was kind of ridiculous but also when you think about the two touchdowns that were scored by the Bengals, one was off a trick play to joe mixon throwing it to the you know for a touchdown which was fine except it, it, to me at that point it's like saying like it's almost admitting like hey we can't move the ball so we got to do something crazy here to score a touchdown and then the other touchdown you have is basically often an illegal play by the wide receiver throwing down the corner. Uh, it just wasn't a very good showing outside of those two, um, those two kind of fluke things that happen, if that makes sense. So the, the trick play and the, the 75 yard touchdown. So overall, I just felt like the Bengals offense wasn't very great and they, and their offensive line was atrocious and that to me was definitely exploited in this game. And uh, yeah, that to me is a loser. Well, I would agree a hundred percent because I, as I said earlier on, I, I really dislike how the offensive line for the Bengals played. Uh, they need to get that fixed. Also going to have major issues with Joe Burrow being injured. And then you're going to have a bad situation there. You're going to be wasting a, what looks like a talented quarterback's career basically. So they need to get that addressed. I agree a hundred percent about the offensive play calling. I don't think they were super creative. Yes. They had the trick play touchdown. Um, but even there was that one play call, I want to say it was like third and one in the second quarter. Maybe, maybe it was the first quarter. I don't remember exactly, but the running back moves in motion and, or, or he's running to the flat, which brings the defender across the other receiver who went to bend there, but Gerald Burrow threw the ball and he knocked the ball away. Oh, right. Do you remember what play I'm talking about? Exactly. Yes, yes. Yeah. And it's just like, that wasn't the player making a good play. That was, yeah, he made, he made the play, but that was, Hey, I'm covering this guy. Oh, the ball's in my face. Swat. Like, you yeah. know, like, like, I mean, he's, uh, he's, he's fortunate. It didn't get picked, but it's like, you're talking about, and then nothing to help. It didn't seem like they were doing anything really to help the offensive line that they knew was bad. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there wasn't any bubble screens. I would have loved to see a couple screen passes to Joe Mixon. Uh, he was having a good game. He was having a very good game. 
And it would have been nice just to see, you know, like try to get him some space, slow down that pass rush. That is how you do it. We, we hear it all the time. How do you slow down pass rush without, with, you know, if you don't have the best offensive line screens, quick passes, stuff like that. Maybe Joe Burrow was looking for the big play. Maybe that, that showed his inexperience and uh, that he was holding the ball thinking that he, he's going to get a 50 yard touchdown pass instead of taking the five, 10 yard pass. I don't know exactly what was being called, but there still wasn't things to take away that option of him overthinking it. I think some of it was just like, you should just call the bubble screen, the Jamar chase that let him do what he does best. Give, you know, five yard button hook to the tight end screen play for the running back. Even like a reverse would have been nice to see just to, right. uh, just, to just to see something to make these defenders think a little bit that it's going to be something other than what they planned. Correct. But, so yeah i agree 100 percent. you nailed it yeah i agree just just something and so i had to give them as a loser so the bill Bengals offense uh any other losers for you um i mean i i pending this is might be a future loser was going to be the rams organization sure, sure. Um, it depends on what happens in the offseason really with them um there's a, if they lose McVay, if they lose with worth, worth, which I think he's pretty long, pretty well gone, but mm-hmm. um, Beckham being gone, I, 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 and the division they're in, I just, it's hard to see if all that falls into place. It just feels really, I feel really bad for Rand fans if all that goes on that you went for a Super Bowl champion and almost no fault of the team's own, they're probably drafting top 15 if all that happens. Yeah. So yeah. because it, when they don't even have their pick, let's add that to it because they're not set up for the future. They're set up for the now, but you have people retiring that help in the now. Sorry. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, but so I would say if that happens, I know that's more of going on an assumption that uh, these people step away or retire. Um, but it's not like, any of these people have done anything to shut down these rumors either. And that's usually most people I see that want to shut down these rumors. That's really the first thing they say is like, no, this ain't even happening. It was brought up to Aaron Donald about retirement in his interview at the end of the Super Bowl, And he's just like, I'm going to focus on this moment. Know how easy it is to get rid of that rumor right there. Just be like, no, no way I'm retiring. I'll be back for next year for another run. Mm Mm-hmm. Nope, didn't say that. He said, I, I, I'm focusing on this moment, which is not a good sign for Rams fans. Correct. Yeah. So, yeah. so that's a little bit of a loser. It's definitely like looking forward. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, run game for the Rams is a loser too. Yeah. They were yeah. so bad, so bad in this game. I mean, Akers. What's that? Sean McVay's play calling for just oh. constantly running it. That was so disgusting. Yeah, yeah I, I get it that the receivers was injured, but yeah, no, Acres didn't look great. Now, granted, I think the Bengals have a good run defense, but like, it just looked bad. Yeah, so so there was um, Acres had averaged one point six yards, Henderson one point eight yards, Sony Michelle averaged one yard a carry, so it was awful. Um, I, I was surprised that they didn't do more to try to open up their run game, like shotgun spread it out type of runs. They didn't try any of that. They tried it one time. Got I think that was um, Acres' longest run. It was like eight yards where they like sp- shotgun spread it out, handed off to Acres. I think it was right before the two minute warning actually, and he got eight yards. So to me, my my big my biggest thing is like you're right. McVeigh deserves a loser in his play calling just as much as Zach Taylor. And the run game was so bad and they didn't try anything to spice it up at all. So they're a loser in my point book. I just want to make it clear. It's really hard to call the Rams losers when they won the Super Bowl. I know, I know. <laughs> but this goes back to what we were talking about before though. Like to me, I don't know if you feel the same way, but like it, it well, you do. I think we talked about it. Like this was definitely not the two best teams in the league, right? Like, this no, was, no, no. I, and to me, the Super Bowl was like, what, three weeks ago when the Bills and Chiefs played that to me was yeah. more like the Super Bowl than, than this game was, but it doesn't matter. Stafford's holding the trophy. So in your faces, all you Stafford doubters, that's for sure. Um, any other losers for you? Um, not really. I mean, commercials weren't great. So yeah, commercials there was a couple. Were... did you have a favorite commercial? 
Um, I like the one with the um, I I don't I'm terrible with actors and actresses names, but the NBC commercial where they show where it's like, why are they showing him? I've been part of NBC for 15 years. That was that one was really good, I thought, because uh, I just thought it was funny because it was a lot of big name actors and actresses. I'm sorry. I do not know their names. Uh, Okay. I've I've been bad. Um, Otherwise, I guess I did like seeing Arnold Schwarzenegger as Zeus. That was pretty fun. That was good. I like that one. I like the Doritos one, the beatbox. Oh, yeah. That was a good one to me. And then obviously we got the Doctor Strange trailer, which was pretty epic. So, yeah, um, there's a there's a couple things I, that was shown that I, I was thought were going to be really interesting to watch. So, um, but yeah, the Doctor Strange looks really good. But I yeah, know there's a lot, yeah. but the commercials will not anything to write home about this year Correct. by any means. So yeah, commercials can be on the loser list too. Okay, perfect. Any other losers? I think uh, that's all I got. That's pretty much all I have. Okay, perfect. Excellent. Okay, any any last thoughts then on the Super Bowl? Um, just glad it was two kind of unique teams. I don't fully expect either of them to be back here next year. Um, but it was fun to see two new teams, kind of new player, all new players, pretty much in the Super Bowl. No names that are been a repeat offender on the Super Bowl. Um, uh, but yeah, I'm I'm look I'm now I'm now focused on the off season, trying to figure out what's going on with my uh, team and their quarterback. So um, that's my next goal. So, <laughs> but the Super Bowl was fun to watch at least. So yeah, I'm with you on that. So yeah. Um... That's where we'll end this podcast. Um, but look out for other podcasts where we're going to be doing this offseason for football. Obviously, NBA's heating up with all the trade deadline stuff over with. I've done some winners and losers for the trade deadline um, with Luke. We did that on Friday. So if you want to hear about that, go ahead and listen to that. Um, we are going to do a lot of offseason podcasts for the NFL. So we're going to do the grades of the seasons for every team season grades. And then we're going to talk about off season stuff. So Eric, obviously you'll be on for that with the, probably the entire soft is what I'll do. And we'll, we'll add more people to that. So anyway, uh, so look for those podcasts as well. Um, go ahead and subscribe. Like the, like the, like the, like the YouTube videos that I make. If you haven't yet, go check my YouTube videos out. (laughs) Nutty Buddy Sports YouTube channel. Uh, Go ahead and subscribe to that channel as well. Go ahead and uh, subscribe to this podcast and rate and review it. Uh, I think that's all I got. Anything else for you, Eric? No, nothing else from me. Just no shame with the begging for the likes. Yeah, no, no. I I do it at the end (laughs) because I figure people probably tune me out by this point. So. Um, yeah, understandable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I would have stopped listening an hour ago. Okay, thanks a lot for joining me, Eric. Oh, thanks. Okay, and thanks everybody for listening. I hope you enjoyed, and we'll talk to you guys soon.